Hello, hello, hello. So before I go into today's brand new episode of the podcast, I just want to let you guys know that the next intake of the female fat loss program for September is now open and it will start on Monday the 5th of September. So just in time for when the kids go back to school and you'll be back into your normal routine. So it'll be the perfect time for you to get back into things if you've been kind of putting things off for when the kids are off. So what does the female fat loss program actually entail? It's a six week program and it's completely tailored to you with your tailored training. It's perfect for if you wanted to use gym workouts, home workouts, doesn't matter what equipment you have, it can be tailored to you, whether it be bodyweight workouts, whether it's gonna be dumbbell workouts or kettlebell workouts. There's not any hit, it's just literally going to be resistance training and it will get you the results you're looking for. So there'll be demonstrations with videos on this as well. There'll be calories and macros set for targets for you that are tailored to you. There'll be education, training and nutrition around your cycling time of the month and how to work make that work for you you have a choice of the actual preference or home or gym workouts depending on what you have time for there's free recipe books as well the brownies are absolutely amazing so i definitely get get involved in those the recipe books are not a meal plan i don't do meal plans dietitians are literally the only people on this earth that are allowed to give meal plans everyone else is just googling it up so it's not a meal plan it's my fitness pal friendly recipe books so if you scan the barcode on the bottom of the page on the actual recipe book itself it will populate the, the, the ingredients and the calories for you into my fitness pal for you which is saves the hassle which is a bit that no one really likes in my fitness pal anyway so then we've got a facebook group which is where we will do our weekly q a's where we have our group and you'll have interaction there you'll have interaction with me and then we'll have our weekly check-ins as well and on that the check-ins will be done via email and you will have to fill in your check-in on a Monday and then on a Tuesday you will get feedback from myself so that everyone that's come through the program so far has had an amazing time so how do you know if this program is for you it's someone who's looking to educate and learn and get the results they're looking for that they've never actually tried to get or get the results they've actually tried to get then there's also someone who's looking for education around their cycle and how the body works for them rather than letting their body run their lives it's being a part of a like-minded group who can support and work with each other and that's the biggest feedback that's come through it is i can't believe how simple 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 it is one and i can't believe that the tactics that you use with us and teach us is so simple and it's really easy to do the other feedback that's come through is the weekly accountability is amazing the other support that's come in and the other feedback that's come through is the amazing support network that people have in the group and they've seen massive changes with that as well so if this is for you the next one starting on the 5th of September and the price is 169 for six weeks. So the group link is in the actual write-up of this episode itself. And then you've got one-to-one coaching as well. So there is a difference. The link for one-to-one coaching is different to the female fat loss program. So if you want to sign up for the female fat loss program that is starting on the 5th of September, click the link in the actual write-up or click the link in the bio, pop me any questions, but the best way is to apply for it and your program will be sent over to you the Friday before you start and you can ask any questions. Looking forward to seeing you guys in there and I will talk to you very soon. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is a solo episode and it is going to be on imperfect action. So if we think of a weight loss journey, many of us, or we think of life in general, many of us think that life is going to be a journey of a straight line. And in reality, it's gonna be more like a heart rate monitor. It's gonna be up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's whenever we're at those lower 
points where things can go a little bit left field for the majority of us. And that's when we can ultimately stop doing what has been working. Something comes up with life, whether it be a sick kid, whether it be you get sick or you get injured or one of your parents or work deadlines and stuff like that comes up. So a lot of us would believe that the only way to actually lose weight is to get everything right. So we have to look at it from another point of view. Do you think that you'll continue to struggle with your weight because you can't be perfect all the time? For a long, long time, and I do think the weight loss industry has led us to believe that we must be perfect in order to lose weight. So it isn't necessarily the fault of the individual that is starting out on a weight loss journey or the fault of someone who has struggled with their weight or struggled with other things at play as well. There's an element of the weight loss industry is making a lot of money from people's decisions. People want the quickest results. People want quick fixes. People don't want to do necessarily the work in order to outdo or undo X amount of years of habits or behaviors. Nobody really wants to do that. We all want results yesterday. So we also have to look at it from a point of view of, you know, eat perfectly and exercise perfectly, whatever that means is a sentence that has been banded around for a very long time. But I'm here to show you that a year of imperfection is actually better than six weeks of perfection. So if you think about why, what I'm trying to bring in is why 52 weeks of imperfect weeks is better than six perfect ones when it comes to weight loss or when it comes to training or whatever it may be. So if we think of the, the underlying element or the underlying factor behind all this is perfection. And perfection is actually like a, is, in, is an illusion. So when it comes to weight loss, perfectionism is one of those one of the biggest factors that will actually hold you back. A lot of us will think that it will direct us to our goal, but in fact, it will actually probably stop you from getting to your goal along with a lot of other habits that a lot of people have. That's mainly because perfectionism is actually an illusion. Nothing goes to plan all the time. If you think about work like work, there's always going to be deadlines. There's always going to be someone's out of work. There's always going to be that the boss is acting up or there's something, something will crop up. So life is always going to throw a curveball in your actual direction, whether it's being busy at work, caring for elderly parents, looking after sick children, being sick yourself, or even the global pandemic. Like no one expected those couple of years to crop up. And if you actually think about it, we're a lot more resilient than we actually believe and we're actually a lot more resilient than we actually give ourselves credit for we've got through a very very difficult time we've had to band together in order to do that we've also had to band together as a family to make sure that other people aren't going to get the the illness but it's making sure that what the what what we can do so like all of these factors which are well out of our control and this is a massive element is out of our control can impact a weight loss journey. Some weeks you may be time poor and unable to devote as much time to exercise or weekly meal prep as you'd like. That's called life. That's called having kids. Other weeks your sleep may be compromised and your energy may be lower than usual. I think there's a lot of people ticking boxes right now. And this extra stress caused by these events can also increase the likelihood of you engaging in emotional eating or using alcohol as a coping mechanism or other food as a mechanism as well. 
So if we try to dissect this a little bit more and a little bit further for ourselves in relation to being time poor. So if you look at your, say if you're signed up for a program or you have say a six or eight week goal or a 12 week goal, whatever it may be. If you look at what that 12 weeks would entail and look at what, what events are kind of coming up for you. So this is one of the things that Ben spoke about on episode 290 of the podcast was when he's writing out a program for himself and Ben's gone from the bodybuilding background into trying to train for a half marathon at the, or a full marathon at the minute, the London Marathon, I think, at the minute. And one of the things that really struck out to me was the awareness that Ben had in relation to bringing in some sort of strategy that he could control. So he looks at like, he do, well, he doesn't want to give up nights out with with his mates is he going to do it every weekend no doesn't want to give out meals out with his partner that's completely understandable so what he tries to do is create a strategy of like right i've got 12 weeks of this program or i've got 12 weeks of my training so what am i going to do i'm going to try and plan out something for myself in those so i'm going to have a week a night out on week three i'm going to have a night out on week eight i'm going to have a night out or a couple of meals out on week 10. so he works his way back and brings in that strategy now that's not always going to happen there's always going to be events that's kind of comes up out of out of the blue and mo- let's be honest like most of the nights out that we have with our friends are generally the ones that have come out of nowhere and you literally go for one pint and you end up in coppers like remember those days like they were proper proper days but it's not that we're necessarily time poor it's just that we may have different priorities for ourselves so people when they say they haven't got enough time that brings an element of blame to things and it makes it a little bit more personalized to ourselves. But if we think of it from another point of view and say, right, this isn't my priority this week, what can I do? That will remove the element of perfection and that will take the blame away from you. So if I was to look at the last couple of weeks since going back to preseason football, my weeks have been very, very full on. So I know this week in particular, I have a match, two training sessions and I also have three nights out in this week in a short space of seven days like that is a very very busy week and I'm going to be tired afterwards so rather than say that I'm time poor or I haven't got enough time for myself I'm going to try and say right what can I do this week what can I focus on this week so I know it may be a little bit more difficult when the kids are going back to school, but it's saying, well, what can I do this week? I know stress is going to be ramped up. I know my time isn't going to be by my own this week. I know time is going to be a little bit different this week, but what can I do? Can I meet up with my friends for a walk on the weekends? Can I potentially do a little bit more of a batch cook in the evenings to save myself time the next day? Could I do an online shop so that my shop is so I don't have to leave the house and I don't have to bring the kids with me so I bring that in? It's not necessarily that a lot of people haven't got time. It's just that a lot of things are, they aren't their priority that week. So rather than taking that blame on yourself, why not try try to take that blame away from you and try to say, right, it hasn't been a priority or it's not a priority for me. If you think about other weeks, your sleep may be compromised and your energy may be lower than usual. Maybe you had a little bit more nights out. Maybe you're working that a little bit harder. Maybe you've got deadlines. Maybe you're traveling with work. And I know that's a massive thing that's coming up with a couple of the clients at the minute is because the pandemic is is the, the worst of it's over, hopefully. Work has kind of come back on and people are traveling for business meetings and stuff. So we need to look at, well, what can you do during that time? Could you potentially go to the gym in the hotel? Could you go out for a walk? And then you're kind of like, well, I'm also entertaining at night and entertaining clients. 
or potentially switching to slimline gin and tonic potentially going for the just having non-alcoholic options if you want potentially having diet cokes or having sprites or whatever in a gnt doubler no one knows what's going into those drinks extra extra stress can be caused by these events and also increases the likelihood of emotional eating and using alcohol as a coping mechanism so we know from generally from emotional eating it's generally from wanting to numb stress or wanting to numb an emotion that we don't know how or we don't want to deal with necessarily so we need to look at it from a point of view of if you look at your next say three or four weeks ahead most people don't like to like the bit that surprises me an awful lot is and i was one of these is the amount of people that don't actually want to or like to kind of have a plan or a structure in place but i would always say that having a plan or a structure in place you can allows you to say right this is what i'm doing and allows a little bit of deviation and wiggle room but when generally people and the clients have come to me and I don't want to be this like oh, you have to have a plan all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is if you have some sort of plan, it gives you the foundations for what you're going to do and allows you to say, right, this is what I can say yes to. This is what I can say no to a little bit more often. And then obviously these life events will come in as well and say, right, what can I do this week? And what people may say, well, I can't do an awful lot this week. I'm out in the road with work and all that kind of stuff. So, okay, can we aim for our regular meals this week? And they're like, yeah, I can. Okay, so that's one thing that we can focus on. So if we're in hotels and stuff and we're liaising with clients and stuff, well, what can we do? Well, I can get my main meal in before I start drinking. Okay, that's one massive win right there. That's huge. That could be the difference for some people. So trying to be perfect with your actual weight loss journey admits all of this is actually impossible and make it more, even more difficult to lose weight. So what actually happens when you try to be perfect? As I've mentioned before, it's, 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 it's impossible to be perfect. It's this biblical sense of perfection. It doesn't exist with humans. Humans are, can only be human. But yet you see so many of these six to 12 week kind of challenges and stuff that promote the idea that you can get fabulous results if you, if you religiously plan or religiously stick to the plan and to the letter. That's very different to what I try to advise in the Female Fat Loss Program, which is a six week program, but it's not a challenge. And it's also, there's an element of wiggle room for the individual. I don't tell the, the, my clients what to eat. I'll give them a recommendation with their calories and they will work off a weekly calorie average. That allows the perfection element to be removed and allows a little bit more of the human element to be attached because that weekly calorie average is telling you that you can have nights out. So a perfect example of this is if I say give a client a target of, and I normally give a range of say, this is going to be out of my top of my head. I'm not advising this for anyone. Say 1,800 to 2,000 calories a day. So I'm going to end up on, I'm going to aim for the, the higher end of that. So it's 2,000 calories a day. Okay. So, so people will be like, how can you lose weight in 2,000 calories a day? There are definitely people who can lose weight in 2,000 calories a day. The seven days in a week. So that's 14,000 calories. Okay. So your, your budget for the week is 14,000 calories. Okay. So say if you know you're going out for dinner on Monday night and you end up having 3,000 calories, a few extra drinks. Okay, then on Tuesday, we know that there's a work thing, and we end up having another 3,000 calories. So that's 6,000 calories gone in two days. So 6,000 calories minus the 14,000 calories is 8,000 calories. That means that we have to the, divide the, the rest of the amount of days in the week by the remaining calories that you have in the rest of the week, and that will give you your weekly allowance. And if you stick in and around that 
number or that range, you should see the progress based off what the calorie calculator is. So if you're aiming for a calorie range, because it's not like a 1500 calories, you're going to lose weight and 1501 calories, you're going to gain weight. That's not how it works. So aiming for a calorie range, sticking to that for a couple of weeks. And if you're adherent to it, then and then something isn't happening or nothing changing with measurements or body composition or strength, all that kind of stuff isn't happening, then you can adjust it by 100 calories or so, 100, 150 calories. But the whole point of weight loss isn't that you should be starving yourself or aiming for the little, the smallest amount of calories in order to get your goal. The point of weight loss, there are points where you can push it, but there are point of weight loss and what you should be doing is trying to get the to get the kind of like the most amount of calories that you can have that will get you to your goal so it still leaves wiggle room for your favorite foods like chocolate or meals out and stuff like that but most people will just be like no i'm just going to remove all my favorite foods like i had a client this morning that has we've been that we've been working together and has measurements have changed weight hasn't necessarily changed that much but body composition has improved and the they went to the doctor because I was advising just to kind of say, right, because they've been kind of getting a little bit frustrated and I'm trying to explain things or whatever it may be and went to the doctor and the doctor's first piece of advice was remove carbohydrates, remove bread and remove pasta. And I was just like, that is literally the worst piece of advice I've ever heard. That's like going to get your nails done and end up getting your dental treatment. Like that's not going to aid you. That's not that's the worst bit of advice. Of course, if you remove a food group, you're going to lose weight and lose fat loss. But as soon as you introduce those back in, it's not going to aid you in any way. When you think of it, when you start out on a weight loss journey, motivation is very, very high. And it may be relatively easy to stay on track. But then life will come in unexpectedly throw up a hurdle, which it will. And the pressure to be perfect can have one of two outcomes. People give up because it's just too hard to keep going. Or two, people, especially perfectionists, grit their teeth, continue to aim for perfection and cause a great deal of stress and anxiety for themselves, which ends up backfiring on them. And that ends up getting more frustration and beating themselves up and that circle re repeats itself. So perfection generally comes from either not being told you're good enough as a kid, potentially bullying, potentially trying to live up a potential grief or trauma, or a parent or someone in your life passing away that we try to control what we can but we end up trying to control nothing by end up trying to control everything so it's looking at making that strategy saying right i've got four weeks here what can i do break it into small little sections and that will help you so why does imperfection actually trump perfection so given that we're all actually human which i think a lot of people forget and none of us can be perfect it makes sense that our best will vary from day to day like I know today, I'm absolutely knackered from having a match on Saturday, my first match in God knows how long, and having training last night. My legs are heavy, so what am I going to do today? I'm not going to try and go to do a massive session on legs. What I'm going to try and do today is go out for a walk, meet a friend for a coffee in about half an hour after I record this episode. There will be days where you'll be able to give 100%, and other days that you may not be able to give that 100%, but your 100% could be actually 70%. And other days, there'll be days where you may be able to give as little as 2%, and that could be your 100% that you're able to give. So it's looking at, well, what can you do today? What can you, if you start off your day and say, what can I do today that's going to get me to my goal? 
are you doing your best each day rather than throwing in the towel when things ramp up or things get a little bit more difficult like massive things like small steps will add up to big results so to successfully lose weight and keep it off it's really really important to understand that doing your best is preferable than aiming for perfection i don't know if most people know what their best is is my 100 percent brutally honest opinion but if you look at what is your best what is the best you can do today so if you know next week when the kids are going back into school what is the best you can do the best you could do is for someone could be just going for a walk with the after dropping off the kids the other thing is maybe doing a little bit of a batch cook before the kids go back to school so you have that little stress removed for you that's because those who aim for perfection have an all or nothing mindset you are not all or nothing it's your order it's your mindset that could be all or nothing which means if they can't be perfect what's the point or they do nothing instead so it goes from one extreme of trying to be perfect to do everything to try and say right what's the point and i'll end up doing nothing so it goes from one extreme to the other but small steps added up over time can be more powerful than a couple of weeks of perfection so it's looking at saying right breaking it down into maybe three four week blocks and saying right what's my goal for these four weeks what's in my life for these next four weeks there will be stuff that comes in with sick parents or you may get injured or whatever it may be but if you're focusing on improving by just even one percent every day for a whole year you'll actually end up by 37 times better over that time imagine being 37 times better at something or getting 37 times return on your investment with finance so imagine investing one euro and getting 37 euro back at the end of it i haven't got the head for maths at this morning i haven't even had caffeine so like you could be 37 times better at food prepping you could be 37 times better at managing your emotional eating you could be 37 times managing your stress you could be 37 times better at managing your training effectively and this is called a snowball effect and this can add up to small wins along the way that will build up that confidence and i know one of my one-to-one clients has been with me for a short time now and we're working on trying to nail one habit each week that's the way she's orientated in relation to that's how her mind works and it was one of the biggest things that i work with on welcome calls with clients to try to get to know and how they work and i may ask a little bit more awkward or difficult questions but it's trying to figure out what will work she's very task orientated she's very numerical in her approach to things so it's like right what can you do this week what's the main goal for this week right first goal was right i'm going to get out for a step so how can we bring that into your week and then she was like oh, i'm just going to text a friend now and come out for a walk for two for two nights and then i'll get my other one on my own tick second one was like, how can we get more water in and the biggest thing for her was to put an empty bottle beside the coffee machine so she's already filling up the coffee machine but she needs to fill up the water bottle before she can have coffee or fill up a pint glass she's managed that for seven days in a row tick the next one was in relation to and she's managed those for seven days on both of those so we managed the third week was trying to get the two of them for another seven days that's 21 days of progress compared to where she was at then the fourth week was trying to make sure that we were making sure that we were getting more veggies and fiber in so the big thing for that was right can we get a can we get a fruit into our breakfast and could we get a little bit more if you're having normally one veg with your dinner with the kids try and get a second one in we've ticked that for seven days in a row now 
like these are massive strides and the progress that has happened and the mental shift and the mental block for that client has been huge. The other thing is you'll be a lot less stressed. Even if you're training effectively and eating greats, there are some factors that will impact your ability to lose weight. And stress can be a massive thing that can halt or stop weight loss. Not from eating, it can trigger people from eating too many calories because it's a coping mechanism, but trying to be perfect because you have a short time to get results, i.e. six or 12 weeks or whatever it may be, will cause enormous amounts of stress that will impact your sleep. And if your sleep is poor, you're gonna be hungrier because your hunger level, your hunger hormones ramp up and your fullness hormone down regulate. And it may increase the chance that you're gonna to turn to food. So it's like if your sleep is poor or you know if say one of the kids is ill or poorly or whatever it is, or your partner's on night shifts or whatever it may be, what can you do that week? Is there anything that can save you time for that week? Could you look and say, or look at the calendar, right? I know my partner or my partner's on night shifts. Well, right, I'm gonna cook a little bit more and put some of the meals into the freezer so I can defrost those when things ramp up. So that will help me. Reducing the stress, doing a little bit more planning could actually aid you. And some people were like, well, I don't wanna plan everything. I feels like I'm trying to control everything. It's like, no, we're not trying to control everything. We're just trying to control some things rather than nothing. So it's that human element of it. Like if I went, like the biggest thing that's helped me in my shift in relation to the meals that I'm having after football, I have no no like desire, to, I don't really enjoy cooking. It's more of a kind of like a, I need to eat so I'll cook, that kind of thing. After football, I'm in at like half nine at night, absolutely knackered, and all I wanna do is chill out. So what the biggest thing I will do is, I will make sure that I either have cooked a little bit more than the night before, or else I would get one of those like Nutri-Quick meals into the house, so I can just zap it in the microwave and be able to eat it. Takes three, four minutes in the microwave and you're you're done, and it's a small amount of food that, and then I get to have my ice cream afterwards. By reducing the stress by looking at and breaking into smaller blocks and saying what's coming up for you if the school runs are, are if the school things are happening by aiming to do your best in a given day instead of trying to be perfect will yield you better results in the long run the massive factor is you're less likely to give up the stress and pressure of trying to be perfect will take its toll you'll either give up because it's too hard and overwhelming or you'll end up burning out and all able to continue. I see it so often with clients is they're going, they end up doing silly amount of steps for a few weeks and as soon as, or a silly amount of training in a few weeks and try to do five sessions, six sessions in a week when they've been advised three. And then when things ramp up, they go back down to zero. You're more, but you're a lot more, you'd be in a lot stronger position if you said, right, if I get two or three sessions in my week, that's my goal. That's my win. You probably get better results because you're more likely to stick to it. So the way I break it down for myself is if when I was training was, right, by the end of four weeks, what's my goal? So by the end of four weeks, I want to have, say, 12 sessions in, 12 gym sessions in. Okay. So hopefully I don't have to end up playing catch up because that doesn't really work anyway. So by the end of four weeks, I'm going to try and get 12 sessions in. If we miss one, 
you try and make it up but three weeks is generally a pretty safe point for most people to start training with understanding that you don't need to be perfect will mean that you'll reduce the pressure you put on yourself we live in a world of stressful overload already i will actually make you stick to your things a lot more you'll be a lot more consistent and being consistent is a hell of a lot more important for a weight loss than the intensity or the rate of fat loss that you're looking for only allowing yourself to get six weeks into shape means you have to go hard all the time and when things don't work in a certain way or life gets in the way you feel like a failure you attach that language to yourself you're not a failure it's probably the approach that has taken that has failed you takes that blame away from you what most people do in these circumstances is to cut back on calories restrict food or eliminate food groups completely and ramp up their exercise however this is actually only going to lead to injury or burnout for a lot of people especially if the stress is heightened so i know when people are say talking they get i've worked with a couple of brides at the minute and we have a short window left before the, the wedding and they mate and they look they but they're both doing absolutely amazing at the minute but i was all from from having worked with a lot of brides recently is the last two weeks coming up to the wedding is when stress is very ramped up so we need to write do potentially a shorter approach and break it into those four weeks blocks again and say right right we know in like week six to seven you've got say your hand so we're going to be like well what can we do we can get our training sessions in and we can just reset afterwards right that's week seven weeks to seven covered what else is coming up oh one of the kids birthdays is coming up okay so that weekend just enjoy yourself and we'll come back at it then week 10 it's kind of like well i've got my dress fitting okay so what do we need to do we're not going to starve ourselves to get into the dress because it's not going to be realistic we're just going to do what we have been doing that was that will stand to those a hell of a lot more so you have to think about if you can't stick to a long term you're probably not going to be able to stick to it cutting out food groups eliminating foods cutting out your favorite foods are all a quick surefire way of being not perfect and not being consistent and not getting results long term see it so often with clients from the approaches that they've taken previously Like as soon as you introduce introduce those foods back in, the weight gain or the fat like like there's time and a place. If someone wants to do a six week cut for a holiday and they're prepared that it's going to go back on afterwards, let them work away. But if someone's looking to get rid of that all or nothing mindset and move away from that yo yo dieting background, well then cutting out food groups is not going to work. Doing less and focusing on one thing at a time means you'll be a lot more consistent, make better progress, even if it seems small. But these will snowball into things. It's far better to do smaller things more regularly than doing too much and becoming overwhelmed. Because consistency will trump intensity every single time. You won't rely on motivation or willpower. Many people who are working to work to lose weight talk about needing motivation and willpower. These are kind of like finite resources. They're commodities. They're limited supply. Once they're gone, they're gone. Which is why a lot of people lose their mojo after a couple of weeks. However, if you actually focus on a little bit more, like what do I need to do? So a little bit become a little bit more kind of process orientated rather than outcome oriented because so many people are so desperate to see a piece of plastic tell them that the scale, that they're in their terms, in their heads, that they're better of a person because the scales have gone down. Like that's, think about it. It's madness. Think about it. But that's the way society has brought us up. But if you focus on a little bit more outcome-based rather than process-based, 
or process based rather than outcome based, you'll be in a lot better. So if you need to save money for a mortgage, you need to save, for example, a thousand quid a month. You need to get 12 grand by the end of the year to get your mortgage. So right, you need to save a thousand euro by the end of the month in order to get your goal. For example, how motivated would you feel if you knew you had to walk five kilometers every single day to get results? Would you find it hard? Would you give up? Would this likely end up in, in an injury? Now think about how hard it would be to walk two kilometers twice a week. Is that more doable and less daunting? Of course it is. Of course it is. But over the course of a six weeks, we guarantee that you'll be more consistent with walking if you aim for two walks of two kilometers rather than seven by five. Once again, another example of consistently trumping intensity again. Like the biggest thing that I try to remove with clients is that element of perfection. You don't need to be perfect to get results. I can say be trying to be perfect is one quick fire way of not getting the results you're looking for. Just need to be consistent. And consistent for you will be consistent different to Mary down the road. It's looking at, well, what can you do? Rather than focusing on, and so many people focus on this, is that what they can't do. I can't do this, I can't do that, I haven't got time for this. No, you can do a lot of things. It's just like, what can you do? And aiming for consistency rather than perfection means you don't need to rely on that willpower. You probably enjoy the journey a hell of a lot more. Like, how much fun do you actually enjoy taking out your favorite foods? You end up being like a demon. You end up being like a banshee trying to get everything perfect. They're not sustainable. They make you miserable. Trying to be consistent, focusing on small changes, forgetting about perfection makes room for the inevitable ebbs and flows of the, of the way life is going to go. Heart rate monitor, that's what life is. Ups and downs, ups and downs. None of us do well, including me when we get overwhelmed. There's times where you'll probably maybe need to go into a maintenance phase, which I know a lot of my clients, are, my long-term clients are in that stage at the minute. And there was fear behind it. It's like, well, I'm going to undo my progress. I'm like, no, no, we're just adding in a little bit more calories. We're adding that little bit more snack in for you. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe how much I'm performing in the gym now. I'm, I'm like, I can, I can see changes in my body composition. My job here is to prescribe you the knowledge, the skills, and the tools that will get you through your worst days and not just your best days. This removes the element of perfection. You only have to do your best, whatever that looks like. Takes the pressure off, learns from the progress. No matter how small the progress means, you'll still enjoy the actual journey that you're going on. You'll change habits. The truth is that the best diet and best exercise programs out there won't help you lose weight unless you change your actual habits. That's a fact. The biggest influence over your weight isn't what you eat or what you how much you exercise, it's how... It's why you eat, what you do, and how you do it. It's recognizing your triggers, it's recognizing your patterns, it's recognizing your that side of things. And that comes down to your habits. Your habits are your thoughts or beliefs and mindset and behaviors. Most people don't want to, don't, don't want to adjust any of those and expecting getting results. You need to adjust your thoughts, beliefs, mindset, and behaviors around food in order to get the results you're looking for long-term. All of these all of us have these habits that prevent us and can kind of stop us from keeping the weight or whatever it may be. 
and while it's impossible like while it's possible to overcome these habits it does take time more than that's challenge that you've signed up for sometimes it can take six months take sometimes it takes 12 months so that's why when i have the, the welcome calls with my one-to-one clients i'm kind of like well how what's your goal for say some someone coming to me like i've got to go for five months okay so what would you like to achieve in that five months and then they outline what they want to achieve in that five months and i'm like okay so what do we need to do in that five months to get to your goal and they'll list out what they need to do so already we have some sort of strategy or some sort of structure and i'm like okay what do we do are there anything coming up in the five months or i've got a wedding i've got two holidays so it's already me saying right we can definitely make progress but those kind of like three weeks or four weeks that you're potentially away is right we need to make a little bit be a little bit smarter around what we're trying to do and be set the expectation for ourselves of like we're not probably going to see massive changes in things around those kind of weeks so it's like well what what are the expectations well i'm just going to go for a walk okay that's perfect that's all we need to do so i really do hope that element of getting rid of the perfect mindset and that 52 weeks of a perfect weeks is better than six weeks of trying to be perfect when it comes to weight loss so look at break it into short four week blocks what's coming up in your life what is the real expectation for you for those weeks what is the reality don't cut out foods small changes over time rather than trying to do five sessions in the gym in your first week and never go again which happens on the first january syndrome try to focus more on right i'm probably better off going to gym two or three times a week consistently and that will get my goal i'm better off and saying right i'm going to get two or three walks in at two kilometers rather than aiming for one 20 kilometer walk in a week rather than trying to get say 10,000 steps in one go could you do a small walk in the morning and a small walk in the evening everyone's going to be different i prefer to i prefer to get my walk in the morning so that i have a little bit of time left in the evening for myself so i can go for a little bit more walk in the evening so i can kind of like decompress and process the day and get a little bit of study done then as well or listen to music so i really hope that this episode has helped you in relation to the imperfect action will lead to better results if you have any questions on it please do let me know if you want to work with myself the next intake of the female Valus program is opening on the the 5th or the 7th of september and if you want to work with me on to one to one click the link in the the write-up as well so if you've enjoyed the episode please do share it amongst your friends or tag me or whatever it may be so hopefully you enjoyed the episode